Did you know that the average work desk contains close to 21,000 germs per square inch? This is in addition to the roughly 3,300 on the average keyboard, the almost 1,700 on the mouse, and the 25,000 on the phone. A little unsettling? Well, it gets worse. Kettle handles and shared office spaces were found to contain close to 2,500 germs per square inch, compared to just 49 on a toilet seat. Yes, that's right, the average work desk contains over 400 times the amount of bacteria as a toilet seat. So where does all of this bacteria come from? Researchers found that most of it comes from, well, you and me. The types of bacteria and microbes found tend to live in human skin, inside mouths, and inside nasal passages. And they likely make their way onto our desks through our hands. This isn't all that surprising though, considering the human body contains trillions of microbes, outnumbering human cells by 10 to 1. It's important to note, however, that not all microbes are bad for you. In fact, your body has an entire ecosystem of these microbes called the microbiome. It protects you from illnesses and plays an important role in your innate immunity. Damage to your microbiome early on in development can cause severe diseases later on in life. Here's this week's guest, Dr. Marie-Claire Arietta, probiotics and microbiome expert and author of the book, Let Them Eat Dirt, Saving Your Child from an Over-Sanitized World. So I studied the gut microbiome, and by microbiome I mean this great collection of microbes that are harbored in different surfaces of our body, including the, the gut. And I study the early stages of uh, microbial colonization, and this happens early in life, so soon after birth. And I study the process of how this gut microbiome gets established and how some of the systems in our body, and most specifically for my research, the immune system, relies on signals from this developing microbiome to complete the development of different aspects of the immune system. I also study how changes to our gut microbiome early in life can lead to changes in immune development and later disease. Specifically, I look at asthma and allergies. In her book, Dr. Arietta talks about how microbes play an integral role in childhood development and why an imbalance can lead to obesity, diabetes, asthma, and other chronic conditions. So we asked her, what is the relationship between changes to our gut microbiome early in life and the development of disease later in life? Now we understand both in humans and in animals that it's not just... Um an association between a change in the microbiome and then a later increased risk of developing asthma. Um, we now agree that at least in animal models, you can change the severity of asthma by altering the microbiome earlier in life. And it seems from human studies that this seems to be the case. So for example, in several studies, they have found that changes to the gut microbiome in babies are associated with an increase of disease or asthma later in life, so a year or two later. And they have taken the different microbes that seem to be associated with these changes, um, and they have uh, corroborated that change in asthma risk in, in an animal model as well. So um, although these things are really hard to 
completely prove only using human research by combining both the results of human research with animal model research. The majority of people involved in, in, in this field of work agree that it's very likely that there's a causal association between the change in the early life microbiome and uh, changes to the immune system leading to asthma. Dr. Arietta mentioned how the presence of certain organisms in the gut microbiome is associated with the development of immunological diseases later in life. So then are the specific microbes doing something in particular that results in disease, or is the risk solely dependent on them just being in your gut? We don't know exactly. We know that it could be either or or both, but we definitely do not know the whole story. We know that in terms of the presence of microorganisms, there seem to be specific structures of their membranes that may be associated. Uh, one example of this is the bacterial lipopolysaccharide, also known as the endotoxin. It seems that this molecule is, is pretty immunogenic. It, it elicits a strong immune response and it seems to be involved in, in this, although we don't know the details of how. And then, then also in, in terms of the activity of these microbes, there's also examples. Um, so microbes, uh, specifically the ones that live in the colon, they conduct fermentation of, of fiber fiber that, that is ingested, of course, as part of the diet. And the end product of these fermentation processes uh, produce lots of different compounds and, and a series of them, also known as short-chain fatty acids, seem to be very directly involved with the regulation of different immune mechanisms that are on their own also relevant in the pathogenesis of allergies and asthma. So um, we seem to think it's both. But again, this is very early stages of, in terms of metabolic diseases, really strong data um, linking changes in the microbiome with uh, obesity and metabolic syndrome. And when we look at the mechanisms that link the microbial metabolism with the production of neurotransmitters like, like GABA, for example, serotonin, dopamine, et cetera, the more we understand why they're linking it now to brain disorders too, um, autism and and Parkinson's, just, just to name a couple, but it seems that the more and more diseases seem to be, seem, seem to incorporate microbes and their activity as part of their pathogenesis. Dr. Arietta also says that we live in a society that's extremely sanitary. She suggests that we might even be taking sanitation a bit too far. In other words, we don't really need to be as clean as we currently are as a society. This isn't to say that basic hygiene is bad for you. Dr. Arietta isn't suggesting you skip your shower, or saying that you shouldn't wash your hands before you eat. She's referring to the many ways that today's society may be over-sanitizing. But wait, is there even such a thing as being too clean? Turns out, this isn't a new idea. The hygiene hypothesis is the idea that being exposed to certain microbes early on in childhood can contribute to the development of the immune system and reduces the risk of allergies and autoimmune diseases later in life. Said differently, being too clean early on in life might impede the development of your immune system, making it easier for you to get sick later on. This brings truth to the saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, or at least makes your immune system stronger. If you look at what the WHO defines for hygiene, the definition is really associated with practices that limit 
the spread of disease. Uh, there's many practices nowadays, as an example, the constant use of, of, um, of sanitizing gels uh, during the day that do not result um, in, in limiting the spread of disease. So we try to make um, a difference in that. Um, we try to provide examples to parents on in what circumstances you should definitely be worried about the, the spread of disease and then in what others you should relax a bit. And I, we think that it, this all has to do with the fact that um, not a lot of people understand that the science of clinical microbiology, of course, well, why would they, right? Uh, they, they haven't been trained in that. Um, and many people assume that one can catch bug that will give them, you know, um, gastrointestinal disease anywhere. Just by educating the, the public a little bit more on, on uh, the biology of, of most of the common infections, at least in this part of the world, what we should do to avoid them, and then what practices are necessary and we think are actually leading to this stage where, where kids are just growing up too clean. We know that having too few microbes can be bad for you. A healthy microbiome is one with a large diversity of microbes. Interestingly, urbanization and industrialization are thought to decrease microbial diversity. Why is that? Could it be related to widespread oversanitization? It seems that industrialization comes in hand with many different factors that have depleted our diversity. The main one seems to be dietary changes associated with industrialization, which are really limiting the variety and, and mainly the amount of fiber. And this is all you know, plant-based fiber that is ingested. And, and this has a, a very direct consequence on the diversity of the microbiome. And the other one that also, not always, in, in many situation accompanies industrialization is the increased use of antibiotics, particularly early in life. So those will definitely deplete uh, bacterial diversity. Um, but of course, sanitation in general will also to some degree limit our exposure to, to microbes. Now, one has to be careful here as well, because one has to make the difference you know, it's, it's one thing to, to provide sanitation or sanitary measures to um, limit disease, which, which is going to be, of course, really important. But we cannot um, assume that the fact that sanitation may reduce bacterial diversity is detrimental to our health because we know for a fact that infectious diseases, particularly the ones that occur early in life, are really detrimental to the health, not only because of the infectious disease itself, but also because of the later consequences to the developing organism. Personal hygiene poses an interesting paradox. On one side, if you don't clean yourself enough, you put yourself at risk of encountering many infectious diseases. Now on the other end, if you overclean and oversanitize in an attempt to ward off diseases, say by applying hand sanitizing gel every 10 minutes, you might not be doing yourself any favors either. So to clean or not to clean, and to clean or not to clean, those are the questions. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode of Hashtag Health. Feel free to reach out to us on Facebook or on Instagram at hashtag health podcast. If you have any questions, thoughts, or feedback, be sure to subscribe to the hashtag health podcast to be the first to know about new episodes. See you next week. This episode of the hashtag health podcast was written by me, your host, Jay Shaw, edited by Julia Sundstrom, and produced by Mary Nguyen.